Engage for Success Radio, raising the profile of employee engagement and shining a light on good practice for people who believe there's a better way to work. Well, hello and welcome to Engage for Success Radio. Um, By way of an introduction for those who don't know too much about Engage for Success, um, it's a not-for-profit movement and it's the UK's leading voice on the topic of employee engagement. We're raising awareness and running events through our area networks all around the country, as well as through our topic and sector-specific thought and action groups, developing research, publishing case studies and shining a light on great practice. Do visit us at engageforsuccess.org where you can learn more, sign up for our weekly newsletter and access a whole raft of free to use, free to download resources. Um, And with a change to the advertised host, um, this week it's me, Joe Moffat, uh, who's going to be hosting the radio show. I'm one of the regular team of hosts. But as with everyone who's involved with Engage for Success, uh, we're all volunteers and we all have day jobs. Um, Mine is to be MD and founder of Woodread, which is a specialist creative agency where we use the tools, the techniques and the insight-led approach of the advertising and marketing world to help our clients create great places to work, um, high-performing cultures of engaged employees. So, uh, welcome to show number 492 from Engage for Success. And today, we're going to be talking about ensuring women can participate and succeed in the project profession. And my guest today is Adam Bodison. Adam is CEO of the Association for Project Management, APM, um, who he joined in September 2021. And um, I'm going to ask him to um, introduce himself, tell us a little bit about his background, um, as well as um, how he came to be in his current role. So welcome to the show, Adam. And um, thank you for uh, volunteering to to navigate today's topic about um, women in the project profession. So tell us a little bit about your background, if you would. Yeah, thank you for, for inviting me on today. It's great to be here. Um, so a little bit you. about my yeah, so a little bit about my background then. So um, as you said, I joined APM in September 2021 um, as a relative newcomer to the project profession. Um, so I've been on a pretty steep learning curve since then. But my background and how I came to be at APM is that my background is in running professional bodies, um, running mm-hmm. charities, uh, and, and really involved in the education space. And of course, APM. Although it's a, a, a charity and a professional body about project management, it's very much an educational charity. So, you know, we offer right. resources, qualifications, professional development, which is all steeped in education, which is how I came uh, to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, right. In terms of... In terms of APM itself, um, it, mm. as I say, it's got many hats. It's a professional body, it's a membership association, it's a charity, and, and so on. But really what it's about is its vision is to create a world in which all projects succeed. And why do we want to do that? Because at our, at our core, we believe that when projects succeed, society benefits. Um, so everybody I talk to, when, when I ask them why are they involved in project management, it's not because they love the particular process of project management, although there are a few of those people. Uh, it's because of the impact that that project is going to have uh, on society and, and on the world. So we do that through right. uh, mem- membership. We've got 44,000 members. We've got co- partnerships with more than 400 uh, corporates uh, as well. So, so lots mm. to be excited about there. So it's it's really to to make a difference and 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 
a, deliver a successful project that can have an impact or whatever, wherever it, it happens to be being implemented. Um, isn't there, there's a, a statistic, I can't remember which of the, which of the management consultants is, um, it comes from, whether it's McKinsey's or EY, one, one of those anyway, some figure that they bandy around that says 70% of projects fail. Well, there's, there's a lot of uh, yeah. There, there are a lot of figures um, depending on uh, which particular source you look at um, uh -huh. about project success rate. I mean, the most pessimistic one it, it, it says that only 0.5% of projects are successful, and I think oh the goodness. most optimistic one is 35%. So even the, even the optimistic one doesn't look great. I think what's interesting right. when you kind of Peel, peel the layers away and say, what, you know, what's going on here is, mm. is what you mean by project success because the, uh, the, old, the old definition, if you like, was um, to be successful, a project must be delivered on time within budget to the required specification. Um, so if I take something like the channel tunnel, for argument's sake, the channel yeah. tunnel on the definition of time, cost and quality was a disaster. It was late, it was over budget and all the rest of it. If you ask mm -hmm. anybody on the street, what do you think of the channel tunnel project? Was it successful? They say, well, yeah, brilliant. It was a good, it was a good project because it's delivering long-term uh, benefits to society. Yes. Um, yes. And, and, and so there's a changing shift, I think, now towards how we measure project success, which I think might impact on, on the kind of outcomes that you talked about. Uh, okay, that makes sense. And I guess it's also not only a matter of definition about how do you measure, how do you define project success, but I think perhaps what do we mean by projects as well? What, 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 do, you have a, do you have a nice snappy definition of what you actually mean when you talk about a project that is managed? Yeah, there are, there are lots of definitions. The two of, uh, that come immediately to mind is some people think of a project as a temporary organisation. Um, mm -hmm. uh, so, that, so that's quite interesting because it has all the functions that uh, an organisation would would have, from HR to finance to delivery and, and everything else. But it, it's mm. got, but equally, it's got um, a, a beginning and an end. And I think that's the other way that people define projects. It's something which has has a definite end point. So it's not something that kind of goes on continuously. Now, of course, in reality, one project is usually replaced by another project and another project, and the, the edges of the project profession are pretty fuzzy, I would say, as well. Right, right. Because you can apply some of the techniques of project management to sort of business as usual delivery, can't you? Um, yeah, I think it's, it's that ratio between change and business as usual and, and, it, and how it relates to leadership, because leadership is quite similar to kind of portfolio management, which is part of the project profession. And in particular, if I reflect on the fact that, let's say, 50 years ago, most leadership positions were about delivery of business as usual with a relatively small amount of organizational change. And now most people I talk to in leadership roles say, you know, most of my job is delivering change. And actually, it's that delivery of yeah. change and strategy delivery, that's the value that the project profession brings. So this kind of projectification of leadership is something that, you know, we talk about quite often. Okay, interesting. Right. So, so let's, let's move on to our topic then, Adam, um, the role of women in project management and, and how we can ensure that women can participate and succeed in this profession. Um, I suppose first question really is what was the current picture um, as far as women are concerned in, in project management as a profession? 
Yeah, it's a re really good question. So I think, uh, I mean, before I kind of dive into the specific question, I think one thing, I'd, the point I'd just make is if I was listening to this, uh, to this broadcast, I'd be saying, well, you know, why is uh, Adam here as a man coming to talk to us about women in the project management profession? Part, partly by, uh, of course, the, the nature of the role that I've got. Um, yeah. But partly, I think it re reflects the maturity of where the project profession is on its journey and, and, and particularly where APM is. So we, we've uh, gone through a, a whole uh, sequence of events, really, where we started with a women in project management group 20 plus years ago, so a long time ago. And that was really created as a kind of safe space, if you like, for women in the project profession, because, um, you know, there weren't so many of them because the background of the project profession was in certain industries that were male dominated. So construction, right. infrastructure, telecoms. And over time, that safe space has grown and grown and grown as more women have become involved in the project profession. So now the mm -hmm. point where actually they want to drive change and so it's not about having a safe space anymore. It's about changing the entire profession, not just kind of uh, preaching to the converted. Uh, and mm. I'm very much a part of that. And, and so I'm delighted, actually, to be here to, to champion uh, women in the project management profession. And, and as an organisation... That's all right. We'll let, we'll let you off then on that one, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Uh, but as an organisation, we, we really kind of eat our own toast, as, as it were. You know, I think uh -huh. about our, uh, you know, the chair of our board is female. In fact, the vast majority of our board are, are are female uh, as, as well. So I think we, we in a sense, uh, are reflecting what we want the profession to look like, but recognising it's not there yet. But to come back to your question, oh, right. so it's not it's, you. You have an ambition for what it ought to look like. Um, yeah. It's not look. It's not there yet. So what what is it like currently then? Yeah, so I think there are, there are two cha challenges. So one is around gender representation and the other, the other is around kind of the gender pay gap. So on gender uh -huh. representation, uh, our, our data shows that at the moment around about 70% of people working in the profession are male. Um, and again, I think that's partly uh, a reflection of the, the history. But as we now start to um, embed the project profession into new sectors, which are not necessarily male dominated, I think that will change. But also as the profession itself becomes more inclusive, that, that would change. So gender representation is an issue. And then the gender pay gap is interesting because we have a, a salary and market trend survey, which we, which we publish every couple of years. The most recent one was just published a couple of weeks ago. And that says we've still got a, a stubborn gender pay gap, which is currently around 24%. And that hasn't changed since we did this exercise in 2021. So there's a, some real intractable issues there that we need to try much harder to address. That said, we do see some positive indications of change, some green shoots, if, if you like. Right. Um, right. So, so in, in this survey of a thousand project professionals, we, we, we heard that 77% of them said that their organization values gender equality either somewhat highly or, or very highly. So we are mm. seeing organizations want to do the right thing. What we're not seeing yet is that translating into the right thing. And that's the bit that's right. Okay, so there's a, a shared with. ambition, but it's not not yet delivered. So tell me, if I may ask you just a quick question about the nature of people who work in project management. Um, from my experience, and I'm not saying it, you know, my experience is, is across the board by any means, but certainly in my experience, over, I tend to come across people who work in project management. They almost all tend to be contractors, people who are brought in to deliver a project. Um, is that is that true, or is there a, are there a lot of people who are on headcount? 
Yes, yeah, it's a good question. Um, certainly, there are a lot of contractors out there, and you know, if I go back to that definition of the project having a kind of definite endpoint, you can hmm. see why that would lend itself to a kind of contractor's way of working, where you go on one yeah. project and then go and work for another project. That said, if I think about even people who are on the headcount, kind of the salaried payroll, you know, whether they're a project professional or not, I think long gone are the days when you would join an organisation and stay there for 50 years. There's not many people do that these days. People will often come join an organisation for you know, three, four years to do a specific role and then move on to another organisation. So that way of working, I think, is, is becoming more standard, irrespective of whether you're kind of uh, as a contractor or, or as a, a salaried or employee. Right, right. Okay. Okay. And so apart from the obvious, um, well, of course it matters. Um, can you, can you um, articulate why gender diversity is an important factor in successive projects? Yeah, I, I think it's a good question. I think it relates to diversity more broadly and the value that difference brings in terms of creating value. Um, mm -hmm. So there's lots of studies that kind of, you know, indicate uh, uh, the wealth of uh, the, the value that, that it brings out. Obviously, there's some McKinsey work that talks about the business case for diversity. They've published lots in that space. We actually commissioned the University of Southampton to do a piece of work for us uh, back in 2021, um, and that was called Dynamic Conditions for Project Success. And the question we asked is, you know, if you could boil it down to what are the specific things that you need to have in place to really improve project delivery and project outcomes, what would they be? And um, diversity was very key. Uh, as one of those uh, those conditions. So it's not just, as you say, morally the right thing to do. It's actually commercially the right thing to do as well. So I think the question would be, why wouldn't you do it? And when I've asked that question to organisations where this is a challenge, often it, 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 the... the, the it's not because anyone's maliciously trying not to, to get this right. It's not that they don't want to be a diverse organisation, but there are some um, kind of unintended consequences of, of decisions that, that get made. So, for example, I, I saw one organisation where they said, well, actually, we want to appoint people um, to our organisation who we know are going to fit well with the organisation, uh, the team that we've already got in place. And, and, mm -hmm. I, and so if you've already got a male-dominated team, then that drives you to be more like what you are rather than more like what you want to be. So my advice is you appoint the person that's the best fit for the organisation you want to become rather than the organisation that you are. And it's that kind mm. of thing that we need to change. Yeah. And, and tell me that um, University of Southampton research that you were just talking about, um, mm. and I know today's conversation is about women in project management, but presumably that, was, that really underscored the whole importance of diversity across the board not just gender diversity but diversity per se yeah. you, you, you're absolutely right it was it was ethnic diversity age diversity gender diversity um you know the, the full the full the full spectrum what was interesting mm -hmm. about it is when you looked at the why they were saying diversity was important it was around the perspectives that it brings and the thing about projects is of course that the ultimate beneficiary if you like is going to be the general public often and so if you've got a project delivery team that is not representative of the community that is going to benefit from the outcome of a project then it's mm. very easy to miss something and then therefore the project fails or doesn't land in in the appropriate way so, yeah. so again that's just one example of, of, of the value that's brought Yes, yes, absolutely. I, I certainly recognise that with some of the clients that I 
work within my own business um, where they are looking to create organizational cultures that are more reflective of the communities that they serve um, and that's um, they, you know, recognized as a, a shortcoming if, if they don't really so yeah interesting good and um, all right so you uh, you mentioned that you aren't you aren't I'm going to quote jumping on a bandwagon with gender equality you know just because it's the you know a fashionable topic but because you as an organization um created your safe space for women in project management 20 years ago which you know really was pretty groundbreaking I would think at the time um how and I know you've only been with with them with um, the, the uh, organisation for a couple of years. Um, but do you know was that was that like pushing treacle uphill, or or did it was it a relatively easy thing to do? Yeah, I think one of the values that we have as an organisation is that we want to be progressive. Um, um, we, the other value we have is that we also want to be a warm organisation, which has nothing to do with uh, kind of global warming or anything like that. It's about, it's about how we want people to feel. And, and I yeah. think when you combine both of those uh, th those values together, I think it's about saying we want to do the right thing at the right time, and we do what's right rather than what's easy. Uh, and so, in a sense, it, it was the obvious thing to do to try and make sure that uh, every uh, part of the profession was represented by the professional body. So, um, so I think within the organisation, we were kind of pushing on an open door. I think the challenge is, of course, the organisation doesn't exist in a vacuum. And the organisation mm -hmm. at that point, particularly 20 years ago, as I said, was dominated by sectors which were themselves quite uh, uh, gender uh, biased towards males. So, so yes. I think that's where, that's where the challenge has been in terms of getting the traction. That said, as well as the, as the professional body pushing this agenda, those sectors themselves now have really been pushing that agenda. And, and I think that's why we've seen such huge progress in the, you know, in the past few years in particular, because we're now all moving in the same direction, um, which mm. wasn't necessarily the case, I think, 20 years ago when this first started. Okay, so let's let's look then, um, if we can, at what what is it that you can do, or that organisations or employers need to do, um, or women need to do for themselves? You know, what are the things that need to happen to enable women to better succeed in this in this industry? Yeah, so so I, I think first of all we have to have meaningful solutions, not just discussion there needs to be kind of tangible action so we can't just say oh we need more women in the project profession well of course we know that uh, but that in itself is not going to be sufficient so 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 we need to actually um, take take meaningful action so this is where the Whippen group that I mentioned before for example women in project management uh, mm -hmm. they have a, an annual conference every year this is the one I talked about being the safe space before which is now uh, which is now much broader than that and actually what they're actively doing is saying we need more men to come to this conference and some men are a bit a bit unsure a bit daunted about is should I be coming to this is that appropriate or not you know they, they the message they want to get out there is yes because this is when you can hear about what the challenges are and what you can tangibly do to make a difference. So I think it's not just reading about these issues, it's about getting out there and being part of the community that's actually seeking to put practical steps in place. I think mm -hmm. it's also about making sure that women are not just um, in the profession kind of in name only, if you like, but they play an active role in the leadership mm -hmm. aspects of the profession. And so, you know, from a professional body perspective, that I look to our chartership grade. Um, uh, and and we, we need to make sure 
that um, the gender balance within our chartered project professionals, those who are right up there, um, uh, um, uh, you know, with that with that standard, that represents actually the, the the gender balance that we've got in the wider profession. Um, mm-hmm. So we've got to make sure we're doing it. I mean, we are doing okay and, uh, uh, in, in that space. I mean, one of the things that gives me room to be optimistic there is if I think about our two youngest chartered project professionals, both of them are female. And so that says to me something about the kind of pipeline, if you like, of project professionals yeah. and, and the fact that women are definitely pushing themselves forward into that space. And then yeah, finally, absolutely. I would say it's all about role models. So, mm-hmm. as I said before, we've got, um, you know, the chair of our board, our president, uh, are both females, both in very senior leadership roles within the profession, and both of them are involved in mentoring and being role models for other women in the profession. And I think there has to be, there has to be more of that um, so that women who are entering the profession can see that this is a profession, this is a career where there is a mm-hmm. route for them right to the top. Um, right. And uh, we, we need to do more of that. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Those are, no, those are all good positive um, steps to take, aren't they? And um, before we came on air, Adam, we were talking about the event that you are at or um, the, the um, event that you're speaking at this evening about students, current students. And I wonder, I wonder what, does the, what does the pipeline look like as, uh, in terms of the, the real entry level people coming through? Yes, yeah, so I, I think in terms of students, we're definitely seeing a better balance uh, uh, in terms of gender uh, coming through um, and coming into the profession. In, from, 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 from my mind, it's not there yet. And, and in fact, we see that in kind of Office for National Statistics data about, you know, people taking apprenticeships and so on. Um, we're doing quite well compared to other professions. Um, uh, but actually, it's still not good enough, in my opinion. So there's still, there's still more um, that we could and should be doing uh, in that space. Yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna ask you that actually. How, you know, it's very easy to sort of look at what you're doing and say, well, okay, we're we're doing we're doing what we're doing, but these are, this is what we need to do. We're not there yet um, in terms of representation, in terms of this pay the pay gap, the two two key measures that you talked about. Um, but are you are you beating yourselves up unnecessarily? I mean, how do you how do you compare to other other key professions or other industries, um, where do you yeah. see yourself on that uh, on that scale? Yeah, I, I mean, I think we are doing well. I think the challenge around comparisons is quite hard for us because if I go back to how, where we started this conversation uh, and you said, look, almost anything can be a project, uh, mm-hmm. and that's right, and that means that we, in a sense, we are other industries and we are other professions. The edges of the profession are really, really fuzzy. So mm-hmm. it, sometimes when you're trying to compare yourself with other professions, it can be quite hard uh, to, to understand uh, the extent to which you are contributing to the problems elsewhere or are part of the solution to those problems. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would obviously argue that I think we're part of the latter. And certainly when I talk to my counterparts in other professional bodies uh, outside of the project profession, they're really interested in the work that we're doing and they want to learn from what we've done. And that gives me an indication that we are doing uh, better than probably the average uh, average professional body out there. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and and you talked about um, some of those solutions that, from a sort of broad, big picture sense. Um, but what about women in project management now? People working in project management, people who are listening to the show, who either are starting out on that career or 
bashing against some closed doors or thinking about getting into the to the career what what can they do for themselves adam yeah, so, so it's really interesting, and you know, I don't wish to kind of stereotype or anything here, but I base this on the feedback that I hear from project professionals, and particularly from women in the project profession. And what one of the things they tell me is a barrier, and one of the things they talk about is recruitment into those senior posts, uh, and and the challenge of getting into some of those senior posts. And when we have that conversation. Um, uh, some of it is around workplace practices and workplace policies not being flexible enough, so that's kind of on the organisation. But some of it is around the individuals are sometimes not putting themselves forward for certain roles because they don't think that they meet all of the criteria. So, you know, when you um, apply, you know, you can apply for a job and it lists the kind of essential and the desirable criteria. What I've witnessed is sometimes men looking at um, the essential criteria and saying, well, I only meet 50% of them, I'll give it a go. Um, and, and some women saying, oh, well, there's just one of 20 that I didn't meet, or maybe I'm not ready yet. And, and yeah. I would really try and encourage people to say, actually, um, one, put yourself out there, because if, if, you, if you feel you've got something to offer, um, then, then you should definitely put yourself forward for, for, for those things. But also, too, I, mean, I tend to ignore, personally, essential criteria altogether when I'm applying for things. And the reason there I do that is because... There speaks a man. There speaks a man. Well, quite. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah. but the, re- the reason I, I do that is because often I think organisations think they know what they need, but they don't always definitely know what they need. And mm. you as the kind of person coming forward for that role are in a really good position to say, I know you've asked for these things, but have you thought about these other things? And that might be something that you are uniquely able to bring. Um, and the, the conversation alone would add value. So I think we've got to get more women into senior roles in the profession. And there's two mm-hmm. parts of that. One, more women have actually got to come forward for those roles. But two, the organisations need to be much better at encouraging and paving the way for, uh, uh, for, for, for people to get into those higher posts as well. Yeah, yeah. I, I think, I mean, certainly that issue of, criteria in a in a in a, in a job specification you know the the, the and it being being a bit flippant here but you know the male will look at it and say hey i i get 50 percent of those things i can do i'm a shoe in for this job and a woman will look at it and say <laughs> i've I, I got 50 percent of the criteria for this so i better i'm not ready as you as you say it's it's not just that's not just in project management is it that's across a whole raft of professions um it's been shown that women are far less willing to you know take a flyer on these things and it, it's but, um yeah it's a shame yeah that's right i mean we've, we've had a campaign running um uh, our women in projects campaign um and since we started uh, that campaign we've actually attracted more than 1500 new female members into the into, into the profession um so you know we're, we're kind of taking proactive steps but we're just one part of the jigsaw if you like and and part of what we need to try and do is influence other organizations who are our corporate partners other members who are in senior roles as i say to, to play their part in, mm. in also championing women in the project management profession as well yeah and what what about flexible working and i don't just mean um flexible working in terms of hours uh, but I mean things like role sh- job sharing, um, job where you work, job location, um, flexible working, which can be care- people with caring responsibilities or even people which doesn't have to be women at all, can be people with other interests and you know, political interests or whatever they may be. Um, is there a, do you as an do you as an association have a have a view on 
flexible working in the sector? Yeah, we do. And we, 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 we champion that. We champion it for our own workforce as well uh, as mm-hmm. as for the profession itself. Um, and and, and in, in a sense, the, the kind of the temporary organisational nature of the project profession that we talked about earlier on lends itself to greater flexibility. So in my mind, there is no excuse not to have uh, flexible working options in place, uh, not just for women, but for, for, for all For everybody. Uh, oh, no, absolutely, for everybody. And no, I, I, I Yeah, I, I often take the, the, the view, and this came from Apple Education originally, which is this idea that we ought to be doing things which are vital for some and valuable for all. So things which for, for some workers, um, you know, they absolutely need that flexibility. But actually, who doesn't appreciate flexibility in the workplace? And in this day and age, frankly, I think it's an expectation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that quote, actually. Where did you say that came from? It was from Apple Education. So uh, if, if, when they were um, uh, inventing accessibility tools um, for the, for, you know, the, uh, you know, for the iPod and iPad and all yeah. these types of things, um, so things like the Siri tool, for example, that yeah. wasn't designed as a mainstream tool. That was designed as an accessibility tool for voice activation for people who couldn't use their, their hands, you know, for the iPad. But actually, who uses it? loads of people because it's quite useful and that fits into the idea that it's vital for some people but valuable for everybody and if we take that approach that's how you raise the kind of inclusivity and accessibility of the of the profession and of organizations Mm, absolutely no interesting yeah good lovely um we've got a final minute to go adam um so i just want to wrap up by asking you to tell us what in a in a few words what's the future look like for you what are what are the what are the challenges you're facing yeah, so I think the two, two things I'd want to finish on. So first of all, we know that by 2030, we're going to need 25 million new project managers to meet the kind of uh, the, the, the challenges of net zero. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, in, in, in order to do that, we can't just uh, rely on one gender. We're going to need everybody we can get uh, to really have enough people to try and meet some of those uh, those challenges. So that's the first thing. And, and so uh-huh. that we, need to, we need to get women into the profession. Second thing is just something to look out for which is that we've got our Women in Projects report, which is going to publish this summer. It's a kind of white paper, uh, and that will be available uh, on, our, on our website. So I'd very much encourage people to, to have a look at that. And, of course, come to the, the Women in Project Management Conference uh, later in the year, too. Excellent. Perfect timing, Adam. Thank you so much. Um, so thank you to my special guest, Adam Bodison, CEO of the Association for Project Management. Um, thank you for listening to Engage for Success Radio. Don't forget you can download or stream any of the great shows from our archive at any time. Just visit engageforsuccess.org. And um, we haven't got a show next week because it's Bank Holiday Monday. Um, but the following week, we'll have Jerome DeRoy talking about the power of storytelling. So thank you for listening and goodbye. Engage for Success Radio, raising the profile of employee engagement and shining a light on good practice for people who believe there's a better way to work.